Welcome in everyone to 1981. I'm Marty McGeek and we were continuing our podcast when we were talking about my question on whether or not the, the 1980s was the greatest film era. Strictly in terms of as many hits as there's been in this era, there's so many blockbuster movies that came out, so many cult classics, um, also movies that spawned sequels, and actually some where sequels came out that were equally as good as the original, or maybe even better. Now one thing I note on this particular list of movies that I'm going to go over with you, there's not as many in 1981 as there were in 1980. That being said, there's still a plethora, there's still quite a bit of them. Uh, If you look in 1981, we'll start off now with a sequel that we talked about on one of the previous podcasts, Halloween 2. We really, you know, Halloween, the first one came out in the late 70s, Halloween 2, 1981 film. And there's a couple that I'm looking here that I'm going to save for last because they're so good. Uh, In the horror genre... The Howling with Sybil Danning came out. The Evil Dead. And that's uh, Sam Raimi with uh, Bruce Campbell, of course, who has kind of developed a a following himself. You know, Ash versus Evil Dead. And this actually has a very young Lucy Lawless in this, um, which it's a a classic. I remember seeing this one at the drive-in theater when I was a kid I don't know who I went with but I remember seeing this at the drive-in which made it even scarier but that was cool you'd go to the drive-in and we'd have so many people that would sneak in and on the floorboards you know some people in the trunk because they charged you by how many people were in the car I think it was just like a couple bucks each so you know you'd say there was three people four people in the car but there was really like double that maybe 10 of us <laughs> so but it was pretty cool and they put the speaker you had the speaker that go in the window and then later once they kind of had a little bit better technology they'd have it where the speaker was well the sound was coming through a certain station you tuned into so let's say it was you know am you know 9 10 or fm 88.5 or something and that would tune in to watch the movies you can still go to a few drive-ins I think they opened one up up here in Tomball there's supposed to be one where you can sit in a raft and they do like specialty, specialty movies like Jaws which is kind of cool but, but if you haven't been to a drive-in it's an old nostalgic thing now, they're going to charge you quite a bit at the snack bar that's just how it goes it's just like a regular movie theater but definitely if you've never been to a, a drive-in if maybe that was before your time, find one, take the family. It's a fun time. You can sit out there. If you've got a truck, you can sit out in the bed of the truck, back it up, and enjoy a nice, cool evening. Preferably in the fall because it's just too hot here in Houston for all that with all the mosquitoes and all that, but definitely a good time. So getting back to the list, one of the ones that I remember seeing as a kid also was... Um, Stripes, which was uh, it's a hilarious comedy with um, 
this here. There's there's a couple actors. Obviously Bill Murray, but I, I, the one that was escaping my mind for a second, Harold Ramis, who is a director, and also uh, came out as Egon in Ghostbusters. But of course, the legendary Bill Murray in that one. And the prior year, he was in Caddyshack. So just kind of he went on a string of films there. But I remember watching that one. They've got uh, quite a few funny scenes in this. Um, he's also in this with uh, the late great John Candy. And I remember they have that special like RV vehicle, kind of like a militarized vehicle. It was kind of fun when I was watched that when I was a kid. I'd say, man, that was really neat. I, I guess the kid in me saw that as being a cool action vehicle. But that's a legendary movie. Um, Porky's, that's a comedy that came out then, 1981 also. History of the World, Part 1. That's, of course, the fantastic Mel Brooks film. Very funny. Uh, definitely, uh, if you haven't seen Mel Brooks films, they're, <laughs> they're all hilarious. Mommy Dearest, no wire hangers ever. Yeah, that's, that's another classic there if you like the horror genre there's uh, scanners with um, we talked about before Michael Ironside Michael Ironside is in this and he does a he does a great job I mean he's just he's always this epic baddie he's always a a great villain so if you feel like just watching some films sometimes and you're like I don't know what I want to watch look up Michael Ironside and Check out Scanners. Check out uh, Total Recall. He's the villain in that too. And if you can stomach it, Highlander 2, Director's Cut. He's also the villain there. Not the greatest Highlander, but his, his performance is great on that. As is just crazed villain. I mean, he's just, he's nuts in that. Uh, Heavy Metal, which is the animated film that uh, has a big cult following um, huge movie in terms of uh, how it helped the genre of this like it says heavy metal it's got a lot of the artwork on there that you've seen maybe on album covers and things like that from the uh, you know the heavy metal was you know especially big in the 80s and 90s where you had the big hair bands but you had metal going on too and this one has some voice voice work from John Candy, Eugene Levy. So there, and of course, you, they came out later on in a couple of buddy films. And Eugene Levy's just had some great run of work, especially with this latest Shit's Creek, which is hilarious. If you haven't seen that, it's another great series. Dudley Bourne, Arthur. And it, it spawned some sequels and everything like that, and they did a reboot. But that is another one that is a well-known, established movie. And uh, this is, in terms of like horror genre again, Friday the 13th Part 2 came out. I know the the um, prior to that, in the prior year was Friday the 13th. This is uh, where you start seeing Jason become more like the villain. And that's, uh, you know, it, it, they start they start getting a little campy after a while. Uh, not as, not real corny, but that one actually has a decent 
plot and everything. It's, you know, as, as much as you can for those kind of movies, I guess, right? Another good one that this one to me, it because of the special effects and just the way it was shot, John Landis directed this, uh, An American Werewolf in London. Definitely a classic if you haven't seen it. Uh, the story of, uh, of course, uh, an American visiting London and gets attacked by a werewolf and, of course, becomes a werewolf. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a little bit disturbing, some of the scenes, to be honest, because I remember watching that with a kid, and I was pretty terrified of the dream sequence in particular that he has, uh, where these Nazi, they're like pig creatures, are attacking and killing his loved ones. It's really disturbing, so definitely not for the faint of heart. So that is, uh, that is another one there that is... Um, and again, a 1981 film where you're you're saying, man, these these there's quite a bit of hits already. Now, even if even though I told you at the beginning of it, there's not as many, which there aren't. There's still quite a few. Now, I saved a few for the end that I'm going to go over with you. I'm not forgetting about them, but I'm trying to get all the garnish out of the way before we get into the main course. These are still great movies. There's no doubt about it. Um, there's quite a few to choose from. But I'm gonna I'm gonna move on to the ones that are near and dear to my heart. I remember watching them when I was a kid. The original Clash of the Titans with Harry Hamlin, which was you know you had the little mechanical owl that helped him out. It had a lot of that stop motion kind of claymation type um, special effects. It's an updated film, but it was a cool plot. Definitely. Uh, something I would recommend I would watch it again if it was on TV right now Uh, the other one that's near and dear to my heart um, this is kind of a sci-fi type of movie is Time Bandits and uh, Time Bandits it's uh, the way to describe it I guess would be a little bit of fantasy a little bit of time travel type movie um basically these guys that um and they're played by little people they 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 go through time uh they're bandits they're they're stealing things from from people and getting away through these portals what's happened is they've stolen this map that begun that become that belongs to this uh supreme being god and they're able to see where these portals are to go through different periods in time and they're you know ripping people off but it's got a good story to it it has a sean connery in it Uh, he's kind of the i'm trying to think of uh, all the stars in it you have him as the hero sean connery and then you have as the main villain which i really like his work is um well, not, not, before I get to the villain, uh, I like him. Okay, let's not forget John Cleese is in it as Robin Hood. He's, he's you know, up there, too, in, in terms of the things he's done. Shelley Duvall's in this. Uh, but the one I wanted to mention was David Warner. David Warner is like the devil in this movie, and he is great. David Warner's been, in anything that I can think of that he's come out and he's always been pretty good. I know he comes out um, as a villain quite a bit in different things and 
if I'm not mistaken, he's the villain in um, Time After Time. It's a like a sci-fi movie, um, kind of like the Time Machine, H.G. Wells thing, but it's pretty cool. Um, another one on the list that was on my top, I think it was number four on my list for top Stallone films he ever did, Nighthawks. Nighthawks is a a cop movie, an action thriller with uh, Rutger Hauer as the bad guy. Uh, it also has Billy D. Williams. If you haven't seen Nighthawks, watch it. Definitely, the ending is something that will stick with you. I still remember that when I was a kid. Um, definitely a good movie. Um, one of my favorite movies of Kurt Russell, Escape from New York. Just fantastic. Snake Plissken, call me Snake. That was his thing. Um, he's sent into New York to rescue the president. It's become basically a prison island, and he is just this cool, ultimate, uh, anti-hero type of guy. You know, he just doesn't care about anything. He's going to get it done his way, but he is, you know, he's a good, good guy. He doesn't, he's not trying to kill innocent people or anything like that. He's, you know, he's trying to do his job, but he doesn't want to be bothered. It's kind of these guys that, yeah, he'll help you if it helps him, but, you know, he doesn't want to be bothered with it. Um, another classic that people reference from the soundtrack would be Chariots of Fire. You know, that's about uh, the story about the man, uh, the young man that, you know, he honored. He was a very um, devout Christian man that he ran the best uh, race of his life. Um, and they play that soundtrack. Um, it's a, it's a movie based in the uh, 1920s, early 1920s. And, um, you know, I don't want to give away too much of plot, but basically he's just, he, he doesn't put uh, God before he puts God before any of this of this running that he does, this distance running, and um, he kind of, in the end, it shows that that he has the ability and drive to do it. It's a really good uh, pick me up film, but people, rec- you know, that that soundtrack is used quite a bit. That you know that uh, little, I guess. Uh, piano or guitar or whatever they're playing on that it's pretty cool um there's uh one that i had on here that i was saving for last one of the ones for last but i'll tell you now it's excalibur that's uh john borman that's directing this um it stars uh, helen mirren who's she's still doing stuff nowadays she plays morgan lefay nigel terry is is King Arthur. It has uh, Liam Neeson in it. Gabriel Byrne. It has Patrick Stewart. Catherine Picard is in this. By far, if I wouldn't say number one film ever to me, uh, at least a top five of greatest films ever made. Yeah, it's got some special effects issues here and there. It is a movie from 1981, but in terms of uh, in terms of just storyline and the things they're able to do with it in, in, in terms of, I mean, the armor looks good on it. Um, the acting is incredible. Uh, the 
soundtrack. The score is in- incredible. It's got Carl uh, Orff's uh, uh, Car- Carmina Burana, which is uh, just what a, one of the one of the coolest sounds uh, soundtracks and one of the coolest songs. If you're trying to get pumped up and trying to get something done, that definitely would do it for you. And that's the thing with a lot of these movies. They have a fantastic soundtrack, a lot of these, where you're, you're listening to this and you're like, man, this is, this is some incredible music. And we, we get quite a, quite a bit from these movies. Um, there's Here's one that I, that I was looking at earlier, Mad Max Part 2, The Road Warrior which Mel Gibson is fantastic and this is a good action movie um, let's not forget one of the best ones released and, and I was saving this for one of my last ones like I said I was saving a few but I have to say this is probably top of the list and there's a few others but I, I'm just going to go ahead and say this is it for 1981 it's uh, Harrison Ford as uh, Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones. It's uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. And it just goes without saying. Again, the soundtrack, the iconic music in this. He's just, uh, he was born to play this role. There's, you know, this, you could say he's born to be Han Solo. And, uh, and I, I love Han Solo. I love what he's done in Star Wars movies. But I'm going to have to say, to me, he's more Indiana Jones. He gets to be a little bit more the central character, obviously. It is about him and all the adventures that he's gone through, going on. It's got Karen Allen in it as uh, Marion. And then uh, it's just got quite a few great uh, scenes in it, a lot of cool special effects. Um, he's looking for the lost Ark of the Covenant and so the Nazis are trying to get it they want to use it for evil and he is tasked with uh, finding it before them and trying to get things in uh, you know back to order the way they're supposed to be so it's pretty cool he does a good job on that one he's just you know of course uh, that spawned so many sequels as well uh, two of which are very good in uh Temple of Doom and uh, The Last Crusade, but we won't mention the others because I don't think that they're worth mentioning on that. But anyway, that's 1981. We'll look at 1982 next, and uh, I'll give you a few of those, and you can take a look and for yourself and see. If you haven't seen some of these movies from 1981, I would definitely recommend Excalibur. That's without a doubt one of the best ones if you want to see something kind of fun and you've never I don't know how but if you've never seen Raiders of the Lost Ark definitely if you want something with some comedy I would check out Time Bandits it's a silly Terry Gilliam does the he's the director on that and I think it's just definitely would be worth your while to watch that and any of these that I mentioned really they're just fantastic movies so we'll look at uh, 1982 next and um Hopefully, we can find quite a few from there that you like as well. And if you like any of these picks and you're able to watch any of these, let me know in the comments. And until next time, I'm Marty McGeek. Thanks for listening.